Hey, and welcome back to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. This is your host, Sean Leary, and today with me is Emily Kate Long from Bally Quad Cities. She's the artistic director at Bally... Nope, she's not. She's... What is it again? Artistic associate. Artistic associate. Okay, my bad. This artistic associate. I've got director stuck in my head because I just asked you: Are you are you technically the director of this show? You are not. You are a choreographer, but you are an artistic associate for Bally Quad Cities. But anyway, we've got a show coming up this week on two shows, 2.30 and 7.30 on Saturday at the Adler Theater. It's uh, Rite of Spring, Bolero, and more. And, of course, as I, as I asked you know, Maddie, one of the dancers in the show, about the more part, because that's always exciting, Emily. Everybody wants to know what the more is. But why don't you tell me about the whole show in general? Sure. Um, the first act of the performance is three shorter works, or four shorter works. Um, it opens with a piece of my choreography called Foursquare. It's a quartet for four women to a, a pretty minimalist um, guitar score that's really layered. It's like very, it has these very like subtle rhythmic shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a lot of geometry there. And there is um, this lovely potida. Um, a male and female dancer that Courtney Lyon, our artistic director, choreographed a piece by um, guest choreographer Domingo Rubio that was on stage at the Outing Club in their ballroom at Love Stories. So this piece has never been both of all three of the first. Uh, no, all four of the first act pieces have never been seen on the Adler stage before. Well, there you go. You get a debut. So. Yeah. Three mores, Bolero closes the first act, yeah. and then Rite of Spring is the entire second act of the production. What made you decide to um, group these particular pieces together? There are a lot of factors. Sometimes we do a fairy tale or a story ballet in the spring. Um, the dancers that we have are so athletic, and the repertoire of choreography now that Courtney is in her 14th season as artistic director. This is my fifth season. had to count backwards for a second. (laughs) Fifth season as artistic associate. Um, So we have a a pretty strong body of choreography Mm -hmm. to choose from at this this point um, that is really representative of the athleticism of this company, of the exciting risks that we take, which is Mm -hmm. really really great for our audiences. It's not often that a company gets to perform Rite of Spring. Um, It's a very difficult score to tackle. It was a very difficult score to dance to. I was in it the first time it was presented in 2014. Um, And it's like a really, really fun challenge to sink your teeth into. There's Uh a lot of athleticism. There's a lot of different looks, um, different color schemes, different numbers of dancers. so there's a lot of a lot of variety, and it's really a great chance for the Quad Cities to see like ballet Quad Cities at its at its best as we close out the season. I would let's let's do something that's going to be kind of interesting to do verbally. Okay. Tell me how you choreograph a show because choreography obviously it's something very physical and visual, yes. and people look at it and go, oh, it's people dancing, but there's so much that goes into it. And I realize that we're kind of hamstrung given the fact that this is a verbal medium and it is not a visual medium. However, 
Try to tell us how you start off with choreographing a show, what goes into it, what are the little details that you add. Never having really choreographed anything other than like plays and, you know, block plays, I have no clue. Uh, But I do understand, given that I've directed before, how much thought goes into this person's going to stand here they're going to be here there's a power dynamic between these two characters etc etc and so i get that part how do you do that with choreography i love that you asked this question i'm over here like air cheering um (laughs) so the process can be a little bit different depending on the piece um i'll use the example of my quartet I started with a piece of music that did not have a lot of really clear musical markers. So sometimes it's like, oh, this is four eighths of music, and then it changes, and this part sounds like this, and the music sort of tells a story for you. This particular piece was fairly sparse. Mm -hmm. So what I tried to do initially was listen to kind of the shifts that happen rhythmically in waves or the different layers of... um, different guitar like loops that are um, added in or subtracted. And I tried to use that as like a broad concept to mirror. So what I ended up doing with the dancers in 2020 when this piece first uh, went on stage at the outing club <coughs> was we started with four movement phrases, mm-hmm. um, which would be, you know, like a sentence, like the lazy dog right. jumps over the whatever the one is that has all the letters right, in it. Yeah. Um, and then we would repeat but add one thing or repeat and change one thing or blend two of the phrases together. So I had sort of four distinct elements that then got blended, rubbed out, combined, scrambled together, torn apart, slowed down, sped up, layered in different ways. Uh Um, And in that piece, I sort of just ended up going with my instinct, like, okay, I'm ready to be done seeing this or oh this is where one of the instruments drops out so that means i have to take it down a little bit Mm -hmm. um not every choreography is made that way not every choreographer works that way um being part of the creation process of bolero in 2015 was really interesting because we started with two bass phrases um for audience members who haven't seen it it's five dancers four chairs and it's a very compact piece it sort of works like a piece of machinery Mm -hmm. um and Two bass movement phrases were built. They were quite short. Um, But then what Courtney did throughout the process was she shows one and then adds it again, adds another dancer in or a second phrase in. And then the the build is really slow and really gravel in the same way that Maurice Ravel did with the score. Like the melody just keeps repeating and repeating and repeating. Mm -hmm. And it's a different instrument or some more orchestration gets layered in. Um, But then by the time we're three quarters of the way through the piece, people are like upside down or laying on the floor (laughs) or like holding onto each other's faces or there's, you can't even tell whose limbs are whose. So it's uh, mesmerizing to be in. It's mesmerizing Uh to watch. Um, It's really fun to like pass information from dances that already exist on to new casts of dancers and see how they sink their teeth in. And it really um, is challenging from a creative side to, because it, it forces you to tease out exactly what makes a piece's style accurate right. to the original intent, whether it was my own intent or in setting uh, 
helping set Courtney's pieces, her intent, or in setting um, Domingo Rubio's piece, his original intent, and sort of really getting the best of the choreography and the best of the dancers on stage. Um, how much um, uh, evolution, or you know, how, how much do you intuit from the dancers as you're watching something and as you've choreographed it? Um, how often will you see something like even it's a you know. Uh, blessed mistake. Oh, oh, no, wait, keep that. I like that. You know, happy accident. How, how often does that happen with you? Or how often do you see something and, oh, this isn't going the way I thought it was going to go in my head, or it's just not, the chemistry's just not there, whatever. I'm going to need to switch it up. Explain that process to the listeners. It can be very tricky. A lot of times for me as a choreographer, early on in the process, I will spend a couple of hours sometimes just playing mm -hmm. or giving like a very general, like if I know that a dancer is a really powerful mover or a really fast mover, maybe I will create with them a very fast, powerful phrase. Mm -hmm. But then sometime later in the piece, a totally different dancer actually does that choreography. So um, I try to draw on different dancers' strengths and challenges to keep like stretching and developing the piece and and figuring out what qualities it is that that will make the intent shine through um sometimes things happen by accident and they get kept <laughs> i have scrapped entire pieces mm -hmm. um i've scrapped sections of pieces i've started with one end point in mind or gotten like 30 seconds from the end and thought like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to finish this, uh -huh. which is um, when it's really fabulous to have a more experienced choreographer working right alongside me uh -huh. um, because I can then, you know, go to Courtney and say, oh, I'm trying to achieve this. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you reading out of this piece? Like, I'm, I'm far inside of it and I can't tell what it's saying. It's sort of like having someone proofread mm -hmm. i guess from a, a visual standpoint or um or like oh this is the problem i'm trying to solve i can't figure out how to do it will you help me brainstorm right, right. Um, second set of eyes yeah, yeah. second set of mm -hmm. eyes sometimes the dancers are great resources for that too mm -hmm. as far as like oh does it feel more normal to go this way or right. what what do you feel like your character should do next or does that feel like enough time to develop this emotional arc that I'm trying to give you mm. and they'll say oh yeah no I feel like it's enough time or oh no that feels too sudden mm. um, sometimes instincts are really helpful sometimes I will work to deliberately go against my instincts to uh, keep stretching myself um, and keep stretching the dancers so it it comes in a lot of forms the process <laughs> takes a lot of different forms what has it been like for this show in particular and the different elements of this show? Have there been um, points that were more difficult than others, I'm sure, uh, others that were just flowed really easily? And, um, you know, what are, the, what are some of your favorite moments of this show and why? I think that one of my favorite things is seeing pieces that already exist come back to life mm -hmm. again um, because dance is such a fleeting art form right. um, and even if it's the exact same dancers performing it you know, a month later, two months later, two years later there's always 
development on their end there's always like more things to find in a piece um it's really been a privilege to help stage right of spring this time around because as a dancer performing in a work your perspective is limited because you're inside of it all the time right. so to get to um reconstruct mm -hmm. something from an outside perspective is it's a really, really interesting task because some of the information we, we reconstruct normally from video right. um, along with like person-to-person -person sharing of information. Um, and sometimes everything you need to know is right there on the video and sometimes because it's actual human beings doing the performance and uh. an actual, in the case of Rite of Spring, originally it was um, live music um, for the video that we have. So there are times when Courtney will say like, oh yeah, this part's really messy or oh, this part got really slow or oh, this didn't layer quite how I wanted to and so then we'll keep using, you know, the source material mm -hmm. to like always try to honor the intent of the choreography. But man, that score is hard. <laughs> it's hard to listen to. It's hard to count. It's hard to um, tease out all of the layers because there are so many different instruments and different rhythms. Um, it's was It's been interesting sometimes being in the studio and, and feeling like, Oh yeah, I remember what it felt like to dance to this, and the and the movement will come like back into my body in a way that uh -huh. I'm like uh, I have no actual memory of of being on stage, uh -huh. but then the like it's still buried muscle in there memory, somewhere. Yeah, yeah uh -huh. the muscle memory is still buried in there somewhere. Well, um, what's it like to be seeing? You mentioned having been in the show, you see things from a distinct perspective of the characters that you portray, mm -hmm. as opposed to being choreographer, you see everything, mm -hmm. you see all elements. Uh, what, and you kind of hit upon this a little bit, you felt yourself kind of falling back into those same characters. Is it, um, is it an advantage in that way, or is it something what of a disadvantage in that you have a preconceived notion of, this is how I did it, and somebody else might bring something new to it, and you have to kind of step back and go, well, it's not the way I did it, but that works. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And having, in the case of Bolero and Rite of Spring, the choreographer in the room to mm -hmm. say, oh, yeah, this is this is the intent that I was looking for. Oh, this was a little too much uh, one way or another. Um, it is... It is, um, it, you know, it can be both a, a blessing and a curse, and and especially remembering to l continue to look at the whole picture. Mm -hmm. It's also kind of fun, like because being in a piece, you know it from your own perspective. But right. I get to say, like, oh, I see how this part that these other two dancers fit together, <laughs> and like how this layering shows up. And I'm talking with my hands, which your audience can't see. Um, <laughs> You know, how the different layers show up um, or don't show up depending on who you look at, which is also a good, a good reminder for, for any choreographer because someone in the audience is always going to be looking at some mm -hmm. different part. It's like a thing, especially that I tell my students a lot, um, but I remind the dancers sometimes too, like someone is always looking at you even when you're not doing anything. Uh, like every single person in the audience is going to have a slightly different experience of watching a ballet performance depending on where you're sitting or what their 
previous experience with the music is or whether they've seen a ballet before. There's just it's like a very uh, a subjective experience from all sides, right. from a dancer side, from a choreographer side, from a um, uh, a restaging side, from an audience side. So whether someone has seen these pieces or not before, why should they come this weekend to see this particular production? They will be extremely fortunate to see an art form that is really, really current, to see 12 professional athletes at the, probably they would tell you this too, like the best shape of their life. This mm -hmm. is a really athletic show. Uh -huh. um, it's, a, it's a hard set of ballets. Um, it's original choreography, which is not something that every ballet company can boast. Every performance, mm -hmm. we can. Not every community of the size of the Quad Cities right. can boast a ballet company. It's the last performance, two performances of the season, so we will not be on stage again until August. And August is a long time away. <laughs> what do you have planned for the future beyond this? Me personally? Yeah, you personally. You're the person I'm interviewing right now. <laughs> we, is it the, not, not the royal we. Um, uh, no, I would. Uh, well, obviously, the ballet company doesn't have anything planned because this is the last show of the season. Well, yes, and plans, you know, of course, are always always in the works for the future. Uh, um, there is a lot of looking ahead to next season, mm -hmm. looking ahead to seasons after next season. Um, I'm really excited about a lot of the educational outreach that we have coming up this summer because that's when I get to do a lot of that since the dancers are not in the studio rehearsing, which is one of my very favorite parts of my job. Um, and enjoying the summer in the Quad Cities, <laughs> enjoying the warm weather now that it's finally here and hopefully Finger, back soon. Fingers crossed, Emily, because we thought that a week ago too. So and then we got hit with snow on Monday. But let's hope. <laughs> Anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't talked about? Um, I don't think so. I think we covered it. I think okay. we hit all the points. Awesome. Emily K. Long, thank you so much. Artistic associate. Correct. That's right. Here at Ballet Quad Cities. And, of course, this weekend you can see Rite of Spring, Bolero, and more at the Adler Theater in downtown Davenport. 2.30 and 7.30 are the show times. You can, of course, go to BalletQuadCities.com for tickets. And you can get tickets at the Adler, too, yes. as well. Our website, our website will link to the Adler Theater box office. Um, or you can contact the Adler Theater box office directly. There you go. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sean Leary. This is QC Uncut. Uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. Check out Valley Quad Cities this weekend, 2.30 and 7.30 on Saturday at the Adler Theater. And have a great time. Thanks for listening.